want to spend a little bit of time thinking about the passage which we read in uh, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes. It's sort of a, a New Year um, sermon, but it's not really New Year. We're 10 days into 2021. 2020 is history. Uh, and in many countries of the world, there have been TV and radio programs looking back and reviewing all the important events of 2020, uh, depending on what your perspective is. And uh, they've been both good and bad. When we think about what people will remember, uh, there will be some who will remember the floods at the beginning of the year, some will remember Brexit, some will remember the the US election, uh, and other shocking and sad events from around the world. But the one thing that has dominated the whole world in 2020 has been the COVID pandemic. And that's impacted on the whole world to to varying degrees. And it's been a very strange and difficult year for everyone. And on top of this, we will have all known our own joys and our sorrows. And many of these difficulties remain and will continue into the future. And I suppose we can ask ourselves, how will we cope? How can we face the future? And I want to bring out three points from this passage. And the first point is that we need to look up. The second point is we need to look back. And the third point is we look forward. So that's what I want to think about uh, at uh, this time as we think about this passage. So we need to look up. We need to look up because it's God who orders time. We're not in control of it. For everything there is a season, a time to every purpose or every matter under heaven. God has a time. He orders that time. What of the future? What will 2021 bring for us as individuals, as a church here, or as a nation, or or even throughout the world? Well, I have to say, I can't tell you. Wish I could, but I can't. But Ecclesiastes 3 tells us there is a God on the throne who is working out his purposes uh, for this world and for the good of his people. There's a hymn that we've sung in the past. I know who holds the future. He'll guide me with his hand. With God, things don't just happen. Everything by him is planned. And so every aspect of life, everything around us, is part of his plan. The amazing thing with God's plan is there are no mistakes with it. There are no accidents with God. And there's an appointed time to every event. We like to think we're in control. We like to think we can plan our lives. The Bible tells us that God is in control. Isaiah 46. For I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times. Things not yet done saying, my counsel shall stand. And I will accomplish all my purposes. God has set a time and purpose for every event. 
There is a beginning and there is an end. It's no more obvious uh, than what we find in verse 2. We're told there's a time to be born and a time to die. Birth and death are are the common experience of, of every person. And yet there are events which are outside of our control. We have no control over when we're going to be born. And whether we believe it or not, we have no control over the length of our lives. And these things are outside our control, as are most of the events that go between life and death. The events of life mentioned in the following verses, and I don't really want to go through them, but there's a time to be born, a time to, die, a time to plant, a time to reap, a time to hate, a time to love, a time for war, a time for peace. All these things are within God's purposes and God's plan. Life and death, birth and death, are in God's plan. We've just celebrated Christmas. And it's important that we recognise that the first Christmas was a fixed time in God's plan. A fixed time in the plan of salvation. Set and planned before the world began. In Galatians 4 we're told, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Then in Romans 5, we're told, at just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. It's in God's time. Man may have planned his death. Man may have uh, uh, schemed and actually carried it out. But it was at just the right time, in God's time and in God's way. And so as the world has reviewed the year, it's also helpful for us to do the same as Christians, to look back uh, and, and also to look forward. But when we look back, there are, there are a couple of things we need to look at. So uh, we look back, we look at ourselves. And it's important to look back over the past years, looking at our lives, uh, things we've done or not done. Uh, and, and we need to be honest. We need to assess things honestly. We can always look back at, at things with rose-coloured spectacles. And, and, and certainly, sometimes all the people do. And, and they think of the good old days. Certainly, we're, we're not necessarily to, to be like that. But for all of us, regardless of age or status, there are things we may wish we hadn't done. Or things we hadn't said. There may be things we may be ashamed of. Things we know to be wrong. Also, there may well be things we haven't done that we should have done. We may have turned our back on someone who needed help. We may have kept quiet when we should have spoken out. We may have neglected to pray and read the Bible regularly. We may not have done something we knew God wanted us to do. And this is as much of a sin as doing what we shouldn't. James tells us, therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. We think of the things we've done, yes, that's sin. But the things we've neglected to do are still sin. And when we look back and we consider things and assess things, it's not abstract. We don't do it in a vacuum. 
We look back because it's an accountability. In verse 15, uh, we're, we're told God requires an account of what is past. And God will call us to account for our behavior. And time goes by swiftly. And time gets away from us. We, 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 we don't seem to have time to do everything we want to do. And, and we forget things. Uh, and it's gone. And it's forgotten. But God keeps track of it. And God will, at the end of time, call us into account for what we've done with our lives. With what we've done with the time he's given us. And when we look back, it's not like in the... Uh, the science fiction uh, stories where the hero can go back in time to fix things. We can't go back in time to the place and time of our failures and reverse them. Uh, in a sense, they, they are always there. They don't change. That which is, is, is has already been. It, it's done, it's past. And God holds us to account for what is past. So we can't go back. Uh, and in that sense, they're always... A, but there is something we can do. We can, however, come to God. And it needs to be a recognition and response of our sin and our failures and to humbly confess our sins and ask his forgiveness. Too often we feel that, well, we, we've led fairly good lives as Christians or, or even as unbelievers. John 1 tells us if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. All of us have sinned. All of us need uh, to, to uh, look back. All of us need to come to God in confession. And again, we're told if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the end of the year is a good time to do this because we're usually looking back. But you know, we don't just do it at the end of the year. It's important that we do it regularly, daily, keeping short accounts with God, confessing our sins before we forget them. So we look back at what we've done. And then we look back again at what God has done. Verse 11 tells us he's made everything beautiful in its time. To everything there's a, a, a season. To everything there's a purpose. And the things that happen are beautiful in, it, in their time because they've happened at the right time for God to work out his purposes. And it speaks to us of God's providential care of his people. All that happens is in his hands. And he works out his purposes for his own glory but also for our good. And we need to look back and we should look at what God has done for us in the past year. It's very easy to take God for granted. It's very easy to take uh, the everyday things of life for granted. Psalm 103, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And David, the psalmist here, says, remember God and praise him. Praise him for his goodness. Don't forget God's goodness. 
Even if our character doesn't cause us to praise him, surely his goodness to us will stir us. In Deuteronomy uh, 6, uh, God speaking uh, to his people, take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And yet sadly, we forget so often and we forget so easily God's goodness and kindness to us, not only in the past, but even today. Psalm 40, many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done and your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. We should think about how he's provided for us on a daily basis. The everyday things of life we receive at his hand, our food, our clothes, our health, our homes, our protection. We can also think of those special times of help when times were particularly difficult. The trials, the temptations and struggles we've known. And we need to remember those and we need to look back at them. And we need to recognize and acknowledge that he has brought us through. He's the one who's kept us, particularly over this last year, which has been difficult for all of us. David, uh, the king, was a great warrior. He fought many battles, had many troubles and problems in his life. Had great victories. But he realized that it was God who brought him through. And we should acknowledge that we are kept by his grace. And David writing says this, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when people rose against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us. Then the flood would have swept over us. The torrent would have gone over us. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. We need to remember all that we are, all that we have, is a result of God's goodness and God's grace. The trials and struggles and difficulties we go through, well, we're kept through them by the same God of grace. When God delivered Israel from the hands of the Philistines, Samuel took a stone and set it up and he called the name of the place Ebenezer. And it means up until now, the Lord has helped us. And as Christians, what a wonderful testimony we have. Up till now, the Lord has helped us. And we can look back and we can see Sometimes we don't see it as we go through, but when we look back, we see his goodness, we see his love, we see his care. Samuel acknowledged that all the way, right up to the present time, it was God who had helped them. And each of us have our own Ebenezer's. And we need to praise God, because up till now, the Lord has helped us. And we look back, uh, and we should be amazed at how good and how kind he's been to us. And then we look forward. Verse 14 says, I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it, nothing taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. We look forward to the future. We look forward uh, to what God says. What God has done is forever. It doesn't fade, it doesn't pass. He has a plan. He's working it out. And he can be trusted to fulfill his promises to his people. He's done all that's needed for the salvation of his people. Nothing can be taken away from that. The Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins. Hebrews tells us this man, 
after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. We're told that nothing can be taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. What is it to fear God? To fear the Lord? Well, it's to recognise him. It's to submit to his word. It means to live our lives in the light of the fact that our God is a sovereign, almighty, unchangeable God. It doesn't mean we're terrified of him. But we recognise him. There's a respect. There's an awe for him. Sadly, in, in our day, there's very little respect for anybody or anything. People have no respect for the law. They have no respect for government. They have no respect uh, for their neighbours. But we're to fear God. We're to have respect for him. We're to see who he really is. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the creator of the universe who holds all things in his hands. And yet we despise him and we look down upon him and we pretend he doesn't exist. The Bible tells us the fool has said in his heart there is no God. And yet this God demands our fear, demands our respect and our awe. And we need to, to think about that. He does all things well. He, he's the one who uh, has begun things and he'll bring them to completion. What he's done will last. Things that man does don't last. Even uh, great buildings and edifices, well, they last for a while. And we can look back and there may be castles in Wales that might be a thousand years old. That's nothing to God, who is in eternity. That's nothing. What he does is forever. Uh, And these castles are constantly having to have repairs done and being shored up here, there and ever. It's like the fourth bridge. Uh, They're constantly painting it. They start at one end. uh, And by the time they get to the other end, they start again. It needs support and it needs help. They don't last forever. But what God has done and is doing lasts forever. And so we look forward to what he's done. We trust in him uh, on the basis of what he's already done and what he will do. Uh, and we can't alter what's happened in the past. The things that we've done maybe can't be undone. But we can learn from our past mistakes and, and desire, decide and resolve that with God's help we won't make the same mistakes again. But you know, it's better not to make the mistake, isn't it? Than to... Uh, they have to learn from it. And uh, many people uh, make resolutions at a new year. Some of you may have done. I just wonder how many of you have managed to keep them up till now. People make them, but they can't keep them. I think there is a resolution uh, as Christians we can make and should make. And I think that resolution should be that we would seek to, to serve God. We'd seek to... to learn from him, we would seek his face day by day. We would read his word, we would come before him in prayer and we would keep close to him. That's a a resolution that we need to make to to help us, to guide us as we look to the future. Ephesians 5, see then that you walk circumspectly or 
the word means uh, thinking clearly. Not as fools, but as wise. And it says, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. We need to make the most of the time we've got. Time goes quickly. We should look forward with renewed enthusiasm and confidence to 2021. Because the God who's brought us this far isn't going to desert us now. He's the one who said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And that's a glorious promise. What a wonderful hope for the future. Do you know the blessings of the past, as I've already uh, mentioned, and our past work and our living for God are not sufficient for the future or even today. Some people rest on what they've done. I've done my bit. Now it's time to rest. Now it's time to take it easy. Let someone else do the work. We're reminded about the Apostle Paul and Dave uh, touched a little bit on it this morning. Think of all he accomplished in the work of the gospel, uh, the great missionary journeys he did, the people converted, the churches planted, the gospel brought to Europe. Uh, he'd been persecuted for the sake of Christ, and uh, one passage tells us how many times he'd been put in prison, how many times he'd been uh, whipped and scourged. He, he was shipwrecked three times. And we might think, humanly speaking, that if anyone deserved to take it easy, maybe put his feet up. It was Paul. And yet we can see that he doesn't think that. And right into the Philippians, towards the ends of his first, uh, second year, two-year period in, in prison in Rome, he says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I forget what I've done in the past. They, they have no bearing on today. All my endeavours, all my preaching, all my suffering, they are past. And I press on. I go forward. I'm reaching the future uh, where my prize is. And my prize is eternal life in Christ. That's why we have such a glorious future. These things which are forever. And we need to have this attitude. Always moving forward, always looking to, to that future, to that uh, wonderful hope that we have. In, in this life, who knows what the future holds? What's going to happen in our land? This time last year, we couldn't have imagined what has happened here and around the world. Lockdown was an unknown concept to us. We got used to it very quickly, haven't we? But what other things are around the corner? We've got people telling us 2021 will be better. Well, who knows? It might be better for some. It might be worse for some. Who knows? Well, the Lord knows. In Isaiah's time, the world was in turmoil. The future was uncertain. Empires were rising and falling. And, and the, the land of Israel was between the different empires and people were coming through 
uh, to attack one and moving back through to attack another. Uh, and so much going on. Uh, they, they, they'd had a stable king, a king who'd lived uh, and ruled for 60 years. And he suddenly died and everything had become uncertain. The future was uncertain. And in one sense, humanly speaking, our future is uncertain. What's going to happen? God is gracious and he appeared to Isaiah the prophet and we're told, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Empires were rising and falling. The nation was in a mess. Insecurity. The future was uncertain. And Isaiah has this vision of God seated on the throne in control. Whatever may come or whatever we may go through as God's people, we needn't be afraid or dismayed because God is still on the throne. And even the things that we go through, the difficult times, the struggles are working out for our good. We may not feel it. We may not see it. James Chapter 1, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So what about us, uh, us here this evening? What about you who are listening online? What does the future hold for you? One thing's very clear. Our future's in God's hands. And God's word tells us that there is a future for everyone. For some people it'll be better than others. God's word tells us all have sinned and failed to reach God's standards. That sin has separated us from God. That sin brings his anger upon us. Well, there's a question for all of us here. Are you a Christian? Have you trusted in him? The Bible tells us the wage of the sin is death. Not just physical death. We know that we all die. We saw that right in the very beginning. There's a time to be born, a time to die. It's not just physical death. Man is appointed to die and after that we're told... There's a judgment. And contrary to popular belief, not everyone goes to heaven. Hell is a real place. Hell is a place of punishment reserved for those who reject God and his son, the Lord Jesus. We don't like to, to speak about hell. And yet the Lord Jesus Christ spoke more about hell than he did about heaven. Not because he was being unkind. He spoke to warn people during his lifetime of the dangers of hell. And then he died to save all those who believed in him by paying their penalty for sin. The wage of the sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Are we Christians? And if we are... Uh, and if we are in Christ, then we've been saved by his grace. And we have a great future ahead of us. We have a glorious hope. Uh, and if the Lord spares us, 
in this life. We have the promise of his love, his care, his protection, and his presence in every circumstance of life. But if we die, well, we have the promise of eternal life and rest in his presence forever, for eternity. And as Christians, we rejoice and we give thanks for all the blessings we've known at his hand. And yet there's nothing to what the future holds. Let's close with some verses from 1 Peter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Are you worried about the future? Well, as Christians, you've got nothing to worry about. This is what awaits us. In an inheritance. Can't spoil. And it's reserved for you. Nobody can take it away. It's yours in him. Why? Well, it's for those who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation. We trusted in him. Have we been saved by his grace? If not, well, we need to come to him. We need to seek his face. That's the only way we can be sure of a a, a good future. Because he has accomplished the work. What God does is forever. He's already done the work. One sacrifice for sin forever. There's nothing more that we can do. We need to come. We need to know him speaking to our hearts. We need to come in repentance and faith. And as believers, well, what can we do? Just praise him for all that he's done. And praise him for all that he's going to do. And praise him that one day he will present us faultless before his throne with great joy. Pray that God would bless us then as we think on these things.